scabbing gauchos. So Sean, how many how many races have you done as a pro now? Uh, I've done three long course races, and then uh, oh, actually four if you count Santa Barbara long course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, three that I guess it. You really... had a pretty good performance there. Yeah, <laughs> let's pretty... count it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a local race. <laughs> So what do you what do you find the biggest struggle in these pro fields that don't really compare to your yeah, collegiate racing? Coming from the the collegiate level, I find that all these pros can just really bike so much faster. Um, I can swim with all them. I can run run with all well most of them, but when it comes to the bike, they're able just to put out so much more power than me. And since it is so long. They can put quite a bit of time into me that just puts me out of the race. So that's definitely the thing I have to focus on now moving forward to try to close that gap. Yeah, to get nerdy for a second, um, the pro race and the age group race are two vastly different things. So I um, Rod got pretty close to Sean at Wildflower, and then I was able to actually like beat Sean by a few minutes at Santa Cruz. But it's worth noting that if either me or Rod were in the pro field, we probably would have gone like a half hour slower if we had been trying to place in the money because they only pay so deep and you get a field of 20, 30, 40 guys racing for seven paychecks. The start of that race is insanely fast. And if you don't keep up with those guys, then you're getting out of the money before you're at mile 20 on the bike. So Sean's in a very different position in a half Ironman of having to go way way harder than the front amateurs have to go because we're just doing a straight up time trial i mean if me or rod do our best race we're going to be near the front of our age groups respectively but still way out of the pro money sean's in a position where yeah if he did a straight time trial he might have gone like 420 on wildflower or so but he's still that would have been in the money that would have been in the money. <laughs> yeah okay, i was i was only 11 minutes out of the money so uh if I if I would have paced it better, I think I could have actually got in there. But that means I was only thirteen minutes out of the money, for the record. We're not gonna count the other nine amateurs that went four twenty. That's also fair. <laughs> but yeah, they're just two vastly um, vastly different experiences, and I think that's what Sean's alluding to when he says the bike pace is so high because you do you get a legal draft in those races, and just like in the swim. The stronger guys are trying to make sure that people aren't leeching off of their swim and bike prowess. So they take it out pretty hard in the first third of each of those events. And, and coming from racing mostly Olympic distance, uh, after an hour or so of like pretty hard output, my, uh, my power can fall off pretty hard, which is what I found the last two races for me. So just like around you know the halfway point, I just don't have the power I want going forward and i think it's something that we'll we'll be able to work on a lot this summer so yeah um that's always like you look across any endurance event the people who do the best ultimately at the longer stuff whether it's a marathon open you know the long open water swims triathlon they're the guys and the ladies who went the fastest at the middle distances first so whenever you know the talk in marathoning is whenever a super fast 5k 10k 10k guy steps up to the marathon and it's only a matter of time before he's or she is world class in a longer distance because mm, galen rupp yeah, yeah. that sense. ceiling is so much higher for the shorter distance guys 